cannot believe how fast November went by. Although each day felt really slow, it seems like it was September yesterday. That being said, a lot of incredible things happened this month. I've had some major wins in my personal life. I got a project management certification for work. And most importantly, we launched our Patreon account. If you want to check it out, our Patreon has two pieces of bonus content a month in addition to our regular episodes. For November, we released an episode doing a deep dive into sorority recruitment using my personal experiences and a wrap-up of the most important pop culture stories in our new monthly installment called Boss Goss. (laughs) So go to patreon.com slash project to sign up. But November ending means it is December, (laughs) obviously, and although for most of us that means holiday parties and shopping sprees, but for business owners, this time of year is full on. Can you imagine having not one storefront, but two, and hosting vendor pop-ups in your store for the entire month leading up to Christmas? I personally cannot, but for this week's guests, this is their current reality. And they are doing it all while maintaining a relaxing and joyful store experience, not to mention keeping up their stunning Instagram feeds and product displays. Brianne Shepard and Callie Duncan are the founders and owners of Makeshift, Far and Wide, and the botanical scene. Inspired by their love of the community and creativity, they sought out to not just create a thriving business, but to develop inclusive and uplifting spaces where customers become friends. Their stores feature products from local artisans, one-of-a-kind vintage pieces, and they promote people and brands that are sustainable and unique. When Ken and I first started the podcast, we dreamed of having these two on, but it has taken us a full year to finally build up the courage to reach out, and we are so happy that we did. So without further ado, let's get into our incredible interview with Brianne and Kelly. The bosses will see you now. I definitely feel like the most nervous to interview you out of any interviews I've ever done. I don't know why. I feel like you guys are Kamloops celebrities. <laughs> Hashtag Kamloops famous. So I kind of want to start it out just by getting to know you guys a little bit better. I've been in Kamloops when Far and, War- Far and Wide started going, so I've kind of seen a little bit how it's grown over the years. But I first wanted to start just, how did you guys meet? Are you both from Kamloops? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We went to high school together. Callie was good friends with my younger sister. So we've known of and about each other for at least 20 years. So how did you think of, not just creating, I think before Far and Wide, I think, how did you guys collaborate and start being creative together? Was it hey, let's meet up. We both want to start a store. Or was it you had things in common and just wanted to get together and collaborate? Like, how did that first partnership come to be? I think I'll take this one. First questions are always the easiest. (laughs) Uh, I started following one of Callie's Instagram accounts. And as you know, uh, aesthetics is a big part of um, the vibe. And her Instagram was beautiful. And I was like, "Mm, we should get coffee together. And we had a coffee and started kind of talking about what we wanted to see in Kamloops and things we could do. And our next conversation involved me letting her know that I had sublet us a space in Dallas to follow through on our very vague um, conversations about running workshops. So I kind of pushed her off a cliff and then we um, started Makeshift, which did DIY workshops out in a space in Dallas. And 
we uh, were lucky enough to meet with a lot of great local vendors and artisans and um, start building a community. And we were given the opportunity to help run um, our first Christmas market at the Grindhouse, which we set up um, in kind of a retail type of way where there was a single checkout. And uh, we merchandised all the things. So it was a bit of a different vibe and it it just started to build the foundation of what could become our full-time jobs. I definitely did not plan to start a store or we had to go in baby steps. It had to be like, what's the, what's the next little thing we can conquer? What's the next little thing we can plan for? Because if at the beginning we sat down and like, let's start a store, it would have been pretty overwhelming, I think. Except when we decide to do things, I don't know. I'm going to blame Brianne for this because I don't do this personally in my own life. But when we decide to do things, we leap in 100%. So Brianne's right. Like we had a, a casual conversation and the introvert in me was like, okay, I actually attended that coffee. So my work is done because I showed up and didn't cancel. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I've rented a space and I really want to do this. I remember the phrase, I'm going to do this. I'd like it if you joined me. <laughs> but I might be remembering falsely. But even starting the store, um, it was, Brianne had coffee with Venture Kamloops. Brianne needs to stop having coffee with people. That's how these things start. Um, and then all of a sudden, we were working on a business plan at Starbucks and um looking at spaces and it just snowballed from there. So there's a lot of um, work behind the scenes or small little steps. And then eventually you have to take that giant scary leap. Um, and I've just been fortunate to have Brianne pushing me off the cliff a couple times now, or else I probably would have never gotten into this. That's all right. Callie's great at building a soft landing for us. <laughs> I think that Far and Wide has transformed the downtown core in so many different ways, transformed Kamloops in so many different ways. But I think you popped up at the right time when people were thinking about caring about what they purchase and caring about like buying local goods. So when did that kind of become a priority for you individually? And when did you know you needed to put this out for Kamloops and it would survive in Kamloops? Um, one of the first things Bri and I bonded over was thrifting. So We've been consciously consuming for a while now, slash hoarding, if you ask <laughs> our husbands. Um, so that was always kind of at the center of it. DIY was at the center of it. And within that, um, meeting local makers and building all those relationships. I think a lot of people were like, well, I shouldn't say anything when we look at makeshift, it's easy to just kind of chalk that up to like, it was a side hustle. But at the end of the day, it gave us a lot of experience, but it gave us a lot of connections and relationships. And then we were able to use those connections and relationships to further grow our business. When we started, we had a lot of local makers in the store and we still have a lot of local makers in the store joining us for pop-ups throughout the season. Um, and we've always wanted to be a platform to help highlight locally made products. So that that's always been at the core. It wasn't anything that we ever took on. I think instead of, you know, that becoming a part of far and wide, far and wide is what it is because of that. So if we're talking chicken and the egg, whichever came first is definitely the local sustainable, um, small business 
thrift, all those wonderful things. Um, and so I think a lot of our customers have grown out of that. You know, we've always been about that. We've always been about supporting women. We've always been about equality and body positivity and LGBTQ plus um, inclusivity and just all these things. That's who Brie and I are. That's what we value. Um, that's always been at the core of our business. And so I think um, whether we were teaching workshops or whether we were hosting a pop-up market or when we eventually opened far and wide and then more recently the botanical scene, that's always been um, at the base of it. And so that's our community. The community has been built around the store. Um, I do think if we look at Camelops as a whole, um, have, saying that we have a, a large group of people who consciously consume or, or <laughs> really prioritize um being aware of what they buy and when they're buying it who they're buying it from i'm not quite sure we're quite there yet um and i think um if we look at it purely from the viewpoint of there were people in Kamloops who, who cared about the products they bought and we were able to provide that so they've supported us it kind of takes away from a lot of the work brie and i've done behind the scenes in actually building far and wide on more than just the, the sustainability or um, product brand awareness. You know, like there's a lot that's gone into making it aesthetically pleasing. There's a lot that's gone into making it um, a community to make, to giving it um, an atmosphere and a, and a environment that people pick up on as soon as they walk in. Our staff do a great job of providing exceptional customer service and being aware and understanding a thousand different products that they can talk to our customers about. There's a lot that goes into it aside from just, you know, um, there were people looking for X and we provided X, you know, there were people looking for the, all the letters of the alphabet and we've tried to provide as many as we can that fit within our values and beliefs, I guess. Yeah. I guess beyond like a supply and demand, it's more of like a, culture and values that you believe in that you're putting out in the community we love having clean beauty we love having um you know beautiful pillows that were hand stitched or jewelry that we've had lunch with the designer and all of her designs are original and all her stones are sustainably sourced and like we love having those types of products and there's definitely people who are seeking those types of products but at the end of the day if we just opened um a store that focused on local products without also making sure that it was a fully flushed out, engaging, enjoyable shopping experience. And that it was not just a store, but it was also, a, we've tried to, we're trying to be a pillar of the community or something that we can build community around. It would still just be a store with sustainable products in it. So there's, yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, I think there's just, there's all these other factors that go into it that um, we don't get to talk about that much, so. Growing up in Kamloops, it sometimes felt like, what does a young person do here? Like, it doesn't <laughs> feel like I have a community of people that are like-minded with me. Um, but with Far and Wide, I've met people, like even just your staff who I've talked to, and you feel like, okay, there's like-minded people in Kamloops, and it makes me feel really hopeful for our community moving forward. Um, I think we had a lot of advantages when we were starting out in that we weren't um, 
necessarily financially motivated. We were both lucky enough Mm -hmm. to be in a position where we could build something based on what we wanted to be built. It wasn't um, a singular focus on getting ahead. Neither of us wanted to take over the world when we started. We just wanted to provide a place that we would feel comfortable going. And we saw what was missing in Kamloops. And we've tried really hard to create where we would want to um, Mm -hmm. feel comfortable. And I remember when we were first writing our business plan, we talked a lot about how we wanted the store to feel, which isn't necessarily in uh, a standard format, but it was really important to us how it smelled, how you were greeted, the messaging that you see on the products, the the way things were displayed, the music, like it all contributes to, to the shop in ways that you can't quite put your finger on, but combined create something that's that's different than you find in a lot of places we really lucked out i think with instagram too because we took all of the beautiful stores we saw online that we want to go to and shop and explore and we built a store that we wanted to shop at and even it's only been three years i guess you could say it's only been three years or it's been three years um we still are working on building that store that we want to shop at and the products that we bring in that we're the most excited about or that we just have to snag first right away are always the ones that sell the best. And it's just, yeah, it's just about, there's a lot of heart, there's a lot of heart and blood and sweat and tears in the store. I will think about those, that blood and sweat and tears when I walk in. Not on the products. The products are fine. Just behind the scenes. Yeah, we took away the box cutters. There's no more blood. Safe doesn't listen to this, right? No, no. So going back to um, like the products that you do have in store, is there a criteria that you have made out? I know you talked about it a little bit, like the inclusivity, but is there a specific criteria that you have that you have written up and when you're trying to find new products to build in or new artisans that you're like, hey, do you check this? Or what is the process like to find items for your store? Um, there's no checklist. We're not that organized. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, it has to be special. So the biggest checklist is do Brianna and I love this? Do want, mm-hmm. Does one of us love it enough to fight for it? Um, yep. And to be honest, the story behind it, um, is huge. We want to know who makes the product. We want to know their story. We want to know um, as much as we can about them. We love, like I said, there's obviously, we're always trying to increase the um, number of whether it's LGBTQ plus brands or indigenous brands, women owned, we're always trying to make sure that there's representation in our store. So that's something that we initially, it was about finding enough brands like when we started, this will also help you feel just great that we don't know what we're doing. When we started, we literally Googled, how do you buy things wholesale? Like we had no idea. We ha- like, hey, Google will tell us, how do you buy things? The not at regular price at the wholesale price. So it, it grew from filling the store um, consciously to now we do have some areas that we're looking to expand. There are some areas where there's lots of um, options, whether it's candles or paper goods, jewelry. There are some areas where there is an abundance of um, brands to to choose from. And then there's some um, categories that we kind of struggle to find new products for. So we have these in the back of our head, but for the most part, if... um, 
if Brie and I, or one of us is really loves it, um, the story, the product, the quality has to be there. We always test things out um, before we put them on the floor. The packaging, we, we really, it needs to be beautiful. Everything that comes into our store should be able to be given as a beautiful gift. Um, it's something that I either want to give to somebody or receive. And it, it, again, it's emotional. How does it make us feel? Mm-hmm. And it's probably not what an accountant is definitely not what an accountant would tell us to do. <laughs> um, because there's some products that have very poor margins that we still carry and we love. And there's some products that, um, maybe don't sell through very fast, but we love them and they're staples in our homes and we're just waiting for other people to recognize how fabulous they are. But um, definitely no checklists. (laughs) We also like to be in a position where maybe um, some Kamloops locals start off with us and they use Mm -hmm. it as a jumping off point, being able to provide that space. And that's also what a lot of the pop-up markets and the things we have designed for for people to dip their toe in so they understand what retail stores are looking for. It gives them a good jumping off point and allows them to start building up to a level where it's not just our stores that they could get into, but it's other stores like ours. We talked about the pandemic a little bit, but I think as I'm sure it was really hard, especially during the lockdowns where you could not have business and obviously less people going about. But I also saw that like your Instagram grew like crazy and you had the online shopping. And I think people also looked more inward to our community and wanted to support local when they could. So how did the pandemic affect you good and bad and how is it playing out? Uh, I think we were really, really lucky to be at a stage where we were early enough in our business where pivoting didn't seem like we were bucking against 20 years of experience and um, yet far along enough in our business where people knew who we were and we had a bit of a community to base it on. Um, The first three or four days, we definitely had some moments where it was like, should we talk to our accountant? Like what's our what is our outlook? How, what's our runtime? How long can we do this for? And after half an hour of that, it was pretty clear that we were just going to dig in our heels and do what we could um, mm-hmm. to move forward. So we had the online shop up within, I think, a week of oh. actually closing the doors. And Callie and I continued going to work every day and doing our jobs for the whole time. We did not shut down. Um, we kept all of our staff on payroll. We didn't lay anybody oh. off. We actually grew the team over the course of the summer, but we did what we could to keep moving forward and be optimistic that the community would stand behind us. And they did. did. Yay. (laughs) So did you know that you were going to move into the new space before the pandemic? No, the pandemic. So March 17th, 2020, Mm -hmm. that morning we were like, will we have to close? It'll be fine. Nothing's going on. And then, some stores downtown that we look look up to. Um, everybody started announcing that they were going to be closing. We were never mandated to close, but it was scary at the time and no one knew what they were dealing with. And um, there were a lot of questions and it felt like the right thing to do to keep mm-hmm. people safe and to keep our team safe. Um, and then, yeah, we'd been talking about going online for like a year and a half, two years since we opened. I think our business plan had like six months goal (laughs) online web store um so we finally got online and we um built a little website and then we were doing local pickup and delivery and yeah it was just Brie and I 
And then um, that was throughout March and April. And then um, sometime in May, we reopened. We kind of started finding, chatting about the new space in June. So um, nothing had been final. We didn't really finalize till um, early winter, late fall of last year. Um, but that was, that kind of came up. Um, and then at the same time, la last year was very interesting because we literally got our website up and then reopened and then realized our website wasn't linked to our inventory the way we needed it to. So then we built a new website on a different platform and then we negotiated a lease to move far and wide. And then we got a call from a downtown landlord that a business was closing due to COVID and he didn't want his space empty. So then we decided in two weeks, less than maybe, I think we had a month. We decided and then a month later we opened our pop-up, which is now the botanical scene, which we stocked and filled with more than 70 makers. Um, and then we ran two stores during Christmas. And I, yeah, and then it was Christmas and we, <laughs> I, I, it's a blur. And so when we talk about the pandemic, it's hard because it wasn't like, I didn't learn how to make sourdough during the pandemic. <laughs> I built two or three different websites and stocked and painted and built out a second store and probably just was not very useful around the house. <laughs> probably wasn't home very much. Yeah. It went so by it was, very quickly. That's for sure. And um, the, the pop-up was designed because there were so many craft fairs that had been canceled and we knew so many local makers and we really wanted to um give people a place to to showcase their wares safely and it ended up changing we had to shift gears pretty quickly um interior health thought it sounded too much like an event at a time when there were no events so we ended up processing everybody's sales and completely changing um how it was designed but we got through and it went well enough where we were like okay what kind of store are we starting now um because we have a space so then january and february were taken up with building out a new store and then we moved um far and wide in april so this is and our busiest time of the year and also the first time we've um, gotten to just like sit down yeah breathe for the first time that's crazy i didn't realize how fast that all came together and I assume that the botanical scene was a plan for years uh we had a goal of having a second store within yeah. like five to seven years we just moved it forward by five years that's incredible yeah. one of the things I think that we've learned through all of this is and I'm trying to remind myself of this right now because it's easy to get pouty sometimes um is <laughs> just because something doesn't work out the way you wanted it to or the way you planned doesn't mean that it isn't possibly in your best interest. So at the beginning, there was lots of struggles around kind of sourcing some funding. There were lots of really difficult conversations trying to convince people about what we wanted to build. Yeah. And people, accountants, finance men, not understanding it and not getting it. Um, and it was frustrating, but the result of that is that we started with no loans and no debt and very grassroots. I mean, Ikea displays and it was, 
If you scroll back far enough on our Instagram and see some of the opening pictures, it is bare bones, but we didn't have debt. And so, you know, we were able to, in that second year, when the workshops, you know, we wanted to grow, we were able to do that. We had some funds to expand and bring in more product. And then, um, you know, COVID hits and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the nail in the coffin for a brand new business. And we move online and our community really came in around us and um, supported us. And that was huge. And, you know, then, oh, we're looking for a space and we can't really find a great space. And then all of a sudden two fall in our lap. And if we didn't jump on that, as, as much as I was hesitant about the second store, um, you kind of have to make sure that you are nimble enough to leap on an opportunity when it comes up. And we've been fortunate through decisions we've made and through decisions that were made for us um, to, to do that. And I think we're going to try to keep doing that. Not that any more stores are in the future, <laughs> but um, yeah, you just, you don't know um, what, what's coming up and just because something isn't working out or an opportunity is missed doesn't mean that it doesn't create something down the road. Hindsight, right? The aesthetic of the far and wide Instagram is stunning and both your personal Instagrams, we follow you both. And you talked about that's kind of what you first talked about when you met and had coffee. I was talking about your beautiful Instagrams. How did you start to find your own personal aesthetics? And how does that play a role in almost like your self-discovery? I just remember in high school um, going to Pier 1 and starting to buy all the things for when I moved out. And I was going with um, a Japanese geisha theme at the time. Lots of (laughs) black and red and bamboo which was really interesting, which by the time I actually moved out a few months later, over it. Um, But I'm in a bit of a different position. I've got two boys, so I've had kids the whole time I've lived on my own. So most of my spaces have been more practical and with rounded corners and Mm. soft landing spots than um, aesthetically pleasing. It's only in the last few years where they've grown up and I can buy pieces that can um, survive more than 18 months that I've really considered it but that's what I love most about Callie when we first reconnected is how much thought and care she put into everything she does and it's what I'm striving towards is having that beauty around me because I live with three boys so it's 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 become very important yeah. to me to have beautiful <laughs> spaces you you need beauty in your life mm-hmm. I don't know I Aesthetic is really important to me and I don't know why or where it came from. I did have a grandfather who, when we were like over for dinner or whatever, would come grab me and be like, look, look at the shadows from the sun. Like just things like that really into architecture. Um, I love, I've always loved my guilty pleasure as like a 20 year old when I was going on vacation was to grab like a bride magazine. Cause they were just like so beautiful and the flowers and the mm-hmm. palettes and the, I, I don't know when I moved out on my own, I, that was like, I won't say a date because that will age me, but that was the time when blogging was really taking off. And so there were so many like home decor blogs to follow and DIY blogs and apartment therapy and, um, design sponge and all these places. And I got really into that. Um, and then I got in, I went traveling. I spent nine months traveling through Europe and I got really into photography which is again, kind of within that like realm, but I've 
I've never actually like stopped to be like, why do you care how things look? Um, and now it's just, I, th I think the photography side of it, Brie has also done photography. She shot wedding. She's fabulous at photography. I'm very amateur, but I think like learning how to train your eye and learning how to compose a shot is very similar to learning how to build a display. And mm -hmm. I've never, we, we have a total of about six months of retail experience between the two of us. I worked at SmartSet in the mall for a very brief time. I got to dress one mannequin, I think, like the way I wanted to, that wasn't off a piece of paper um, that they gave me. So yeah, I don't, we don't have a lot of experience. I just will sit in my living room looking around, picturing how to change things. And I will move a glass an inch or half an inch eight different times before taking the photo while my husband tries not to lose <laughs> his mind. So it's, I, I don't know where it came from, but it's the best part of mm -hmm. my job. Like if I could just... <laughs> If I could just close the store and be alone with all the beautiful things and set up shelves all day. <laughs> I love people and I love our customers and I appreciate them. Um, but like the, the displays and the pretty things and the beautiful packaging, it, it all just, that's my jam. I don't know. That's so I don't cool. know where it came from. I don't know why. It just makes me happy. Yeah. No, it should make you happy. It totally, I think when you ha are surrounded by, a beautiful space and things that you mm -hmm. love to look at you feel better yeah and it could be a park it could be a mountaintop it could be a historic bridge in Prague at sunrise like it could be a beautiful plate of food it could be a lot of things um I just think that sometimes we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day -day lives that we forget that it's supposed mm -hmm. to be enjoyable and mm -hmm. there's pleasure in beauty Totally. Do you, do you find that your aesthetic has changed as you've grown up older and different styles for different phases? What do you think, Brie? Uh, absolutely. Even just when we first started this store, um, I wanted everything to be black and white because mm -hmm. I personally am not drawn to a lot of color. Um, and I found that over the years as I've seen more products and we bring more things in and I'm actually, um, growing that side of me and I can I can appreciate <laughs> other people's point of view and other styles um yeah it also comes with with age I appreciate less but better now mm. I don't want to be replacing things on a regular basis I don't want to change the theme of my living room every six months I want things that are beautiful and useful and that are a little more timeless so mm. Yeah, I think my aesthetic changes all the time. I, I just really got into watching Nate Berkus and Jeremiah Brent on HGTV, and I'm obsessed with them um, as human beings, beautiful human beings, but also just they create beautiful, beautiful rooms and have such a great philosophy. And so I'm really into everything I see on TV, everything I see in a magazine, everything I see on Instagram. It doesn't mean I can afford to, you know, buy a new couch every six months or every six years even. Um, but I think you can appreciate things and it doesn't necessarily have to take over your life. I, we have a sixties house. It's an older house. It needs streamlined, pared down furniture at the 
appropriate scale. Um, so as much as I love some of the 80s stuff that's coming back, it's not, it doesn't necessarily work um, or super antique pieces are beautiful, but they're not, it, it doesn't work. So I can appreciate things on Instagram and save photos and, you know, drool over things and it doesn't have to come into my house. Um, or I can bring it in in a more pared down way, but things are always evolving and changing and um, painting walls. Like uh, every, I, we've lived in this house for six years and I'm sure I've painted at least one wall every single year because it's easy. It's an easy change. There's, there's things like that that you can do. Switch up your plant pots, switch up your throw pillows, switch up your throw blankets, hang some different art on the wall. There's lots of things like that where, um, you know, I'm kind of tossing around the idea of, pulling down this macrame wall hanging I, I made and putting something else up because it's been a few years. And those little changes, I think, always continue to um, change my personal space or my, and, and that's driven by my personal aesthetic and what I'm into at the, mm -hmm. at the given moment. So are there any other things to make your space timeless, but still creative and inspiring? A foundation piece that is quality, like Brianne said, investing in something that's that you want to have for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years um, is, is probably a good start. And my, honestly, my go-to when we moved in, um, paint, paint all the walls white. Like just, just paint it white. You can add color later. Yeah. You can do a feature wall. You can do a cool mural or some wallpaper, some wainscoting or whatever you want. But like, if you're struggling, like the, the burgundy and brown walls in here were making it real hard to figure out how much space I even had. So I just lighten it up, see what pieces you have, can go from there. I'm not an interior designer. Buy what you love and put it in your space. And if people don't like it, ask them politely to leave. Done. Or not Done. so politely. <laughs> I, I would also go with um, looking at your own wardrobe. Um, mm -hmm. you'll naturally see what colors you gravitate towards, what sort of, um, themes start to go in there. Uh, you can make a lot of difference with texture. You don't have to go wild by any means, but think about, you want a rug underfoot, you want a cozy throw pillow, you want a, um, blanket on the couch, you want, um, great lighting, add lamps, makes a huge difference. If everything's like bright white light, like it's going to feel stressful, make things be clean and put a great smelling candle in a room and it doesn't really matter what else you have there because the feeling's there mm. and nothing's forever so who no. cares if you I bought a couch and it was probably a mistake and oh well live and learn I couldn't afford anything better at the time so we still use it in our basement like that's fine it's okay also sure. being a hoarder helps I have many <laughs> things to choose from also, you probably shouldn't take our advice because I'm pretty sure both of our husbands are upset because there isn't a comfortable chair they can sit in because everything's either vintage or thrifted or so. So I kind of want to talk about your partnership and how it has gone and two women working together. What are some of those positives that you've seen? Like, what is your favorite thing about working with each other? Callie is one of the most thoughtful people I know I've been barely down this week. It's been hard for me and she has done everything in her power to bring me back up. And it is so nice to know that there is someone else who is going through the same things 
with me. I can't imagine running this business by myself. There's too many decisions and deadlines and things to keep track of and you need a cheerleader there with you. And um, when the roles are reversed and she's having a bad week, like it's, it's my job to bring her back up. Like it's, we've been really good. We had conversations when we started because partnerships can be difficult about how there's differences between just being friends and there's differences between just being business partners and how there have to be boundaries. The boundaries do get blurred at the end of the day. We're here to make sure our business succeeds, but it can't succeed without us being friends. So Trans being very nice because I'm pretty sure that conversation went, I'm not your best friend and I'm not your sister. I'm your business partner. <laughs> um, two things. I really, Brianna is forgiving, which I need as somebody who can be um, laser focused and driven and um, a little rough around the edges, straight to the point, we'll say. Um, but I think the best thing about Brianna and working with Brianna is I, I really love collaborating with her. Everything that we do, everything that I come up with or that I do is made better because of her participation and her suggestions and her involvement. And I don't know how to say that in a lovely way. Like she's kind, which was really nice and sweet. Um, but it, it is like, she, you make me a better person, Brian. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, nothing would have, we would have no store. It wouldn't be what it is. Um, I would have run it into the ground. Callie would have made it the business plan so perfect. It wouldn't have started. It's, we work very it well It never would have started. And if it had started, no one would come because I'm not sociable enough. <laughs> be my mom there. Uh, no, it wouldn't even be her. Anyways. Um, yeah, she's fabulous. And it's also, I, we need a whole podcast just on women in business because totally. you're exactly right. There's so many things that get portrayed as like two women in business. How are you not catty? Like mm, we've had maybe four or five, what we'd classify as like actual disagreements and they're over and dusted and moved on in an hour, yeah. half an hour. Like we both apologize. We both own our mistakes. Our really? whole team is accountable and we work with a lot of women. We have a lot of women on our team and they're smart and they're talented and they're um, funny and creative and just, just so, so wonderful. And um, I think if we had more women <clears throat> leading the charge, uh, the world would be a better place. So, cause we do things based on how it makes us feel. What are some lessons that someone who's interested in the same kind of collaborative and more community-based focus can take away from some of your lessons? I think they need to be realistic about what their goals are. Mm. Um, I don't think our business model would work for a lot of people who don't genuinely care about what goes into it because it's six times the amount of work that a traditional model might be because mm. there's so much communication that needs to happen there, so much back and forth there's so much um helping to guide people which takes up time and we didn't know what work we were getting into everybody says oh you don't know how much work it's gonna be and that's true um but I, I do think that um there's a lot of um hustle there's a lot of there's a lot of details so 
either find yourself a partner who loves the details or hire an accountant or a bookkeeper or like, but if you struggle with things like that, um, start early, start right away. If you're creative making beautiful earrings, just get yourself a bookkeeper, <laughs> pay a friend, pay your accountant friend from university, whatever. But um, yeah, because it's the easy, it's a slippery slope. You need a really strong foundation and you need to recognize that 80% of your day is going to be taken up by tasks from taking out the garbage and doing the dishes to working on your accounting and knowing your numbers and being able to accurately forecast what the next few months are going to bring. Yeah. No. Where, if I was a new wanting to start a store and or any storefront or business in Kamloops, where would I find some of these resources? Because I don't think it's super, obviously Venture it's not Kamloops. super clear. Venture Kamloops has everything. Yeah. Okay. Venture Kamloops has a program that we piloted for them okay. called the Business Accelerate oh, Program. Yeah. yeah. And they will literally like, po- like review your business plan for you. Um, if you're accepted into the program, there's some assistance. If you're looking for to bounce business ideas off of people, like Venture Kamloops, they're huge. They're great. Yeah. The Women's Enterprise Center out of Kelowna is a really good resource. Um, if you're someone who's coming off of um, unemployment benefits or maternity benefits or I think COVID supports, you can qualify for some programs through Community Futures as well. Um, there's lots of um, online resources right now from all of those um, businesses but and small businesses are great too we've had lots of meetings with people um, we've taken lots of time to answer email questions or have phone calls um, yeah definitely Camloops is quite friendly too I think that mm-hmm. everyone's willing to help which is nice and we're just too scared to ask you just have to make sure that when you're approaching people you're doing it in a way that's respectful of their time yeah. and it gives a specific directive it's not just like how did you start your business it's like (laughs) here's what I'm doing here's a specific problem that I'm having how can I help you in half an hour or less or um something with some clear guidelines and boundaries Mm -hmm. because especially small business owners time time is of the essence so absolutely we are more than willing to help but we can't do it on a Saturday in December for four hours yeah oh totally Oh, that's such good advice. So we have two wrap-up questions we ask all of our guests. Some people think the first one's hard. Some people think the second is hard. We'll see how we do. The first is, can you each plug a local business that our listeners should discover? Uh, I'll just go off the last place that I went shopping at. It's the new Scoop and Save on in the Brock Shopping Center. It's a cake decorating store that moved up here from the coast. And my youngest and I went in there to buy stuff for decorating sugar cookies. And the selection was amazing. And the customer service was amazing. And we got some beautiful things. And it's it's cool to see new businesses opening up and down. Um, I'm going to cheat. It's not cheating. It's cheating. <laughs> um, it seems self-serving, but wait till the end because it's not. I'm going to suggest if you truly want to discover a brand new small business that you've never heard of before that you come check out the pop-up at the botanical scene because there are almost 40 small businesses and I guarantee that you haven't heard of some of them. You can check it out on our Instagram. We'll be sharing who's there, but literally as far as discovering goes um, or hit up the SBC craft market, whatever. You don't have to come to our pop-up. That's cool. But 
check out, I mean, you do have to come, come to our pop-up, but yes. check out one of these types of events. It's the holidays. It's the perfect time to do it. And you will discover someone new that you did not know about before. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so Buy cool. your gifts at the same time. Like, yeah, I love receiving handmade gifts. Yeah. That's the best. I think that people are kind of leaning towards that too. Like a one of a kind gift. Our last question is, can you each name your boss chick anthem, a song you need to listen to to just hype yourself up? You're having a bad day. It's middle of Christmas season. You run two stores. You just need to be hyped up. What is what is the song? What's your song, Brie? Oh, I'm terrible at this. Um, I know, I know, Gally already has her. I think I decided that mine was going to be that woman song by Kesha featuring the Dap Kings. Oh. There are swear words in it, which I'm super into screaming out loud. <laughs> and it's, it's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, mine's I Love It by Icona Pop. Oh, good throwback. Yeah. I haven't heard that a in a one. while. Yeah. Those are both really good. Those are both we haven't heard yet. So those will be new additions. We have like a Spotify playlist that we put on everyone's additions Ooh. to. That we put on our... Mine's explicit. So you... They're I... all explicit. So mine. Oh, They're okay. All... <laughs> Who wants <laughs> a pump-up song that doesn't have swear words in it? Absolutely. No, those so those so good. That was awesome. Well, that's everything from me. I mean, I have a million more questions. I could have gone on forever and ever, but... I really appreciate you guys making the time, especially in such a busy season. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Again, we are beyond thankful to Brianne and Callie for taking their very precious time to meet with us for this convo. Uh, Beyond being wonderful people with beautiful stores, they're really huge inspirations for us with their business model. They focus on sustainability, collaboration, positivity, and inclusivity. And these are values that we definitely hope to promote in what we do. And their success absolutely encourages other businesses to take a similar lens to how they conduct themselves. So if you have a spare moment before the holidays, pop into far and wide and the botanical scene to find those perfect one-of-a-kind gifts. Both stores are located on Victoria Street, downtown Kamloops. So thank you if you've made it this far through the episode and listening to Just My Voice. Kennedy is extremely busy with law school. It's so much work. I don't know how she does it, but she's getting through. But thank you for listening to the BCP and encouraging us. And if you cannot support us through our Patreon, be sure to like, download, and subscribe. With that, the bosses are out, the office is now closed, and we will see you next month.